Of course, no one really likes to pay full price for anything, and many companies offer huge discounts during times like this when the economy isn't doing so well. But today, we're going to discuss how to find great NFTs at discounted prices. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So a few days ago, I shared that I was very excited about the NFT yearbook being minted. And that was something that really caught my eye because someone who spends a lot of time in this space, collecting NFTs, looking at some great things that people are doing, I sort of document what's going on with this podcast. However, having a physical copy of a book that I can actually flip through, look at all the amazing things that happen during this space, I thought was something that was very valuable. And as a collector and as someone is sort of a historian, I guess you'd say whatever you want to call it, a journalist, I don't know, whatever you want to call me within this space that's really sharing what's going on. I thought this was something that I had to get my hands onto, and I just absolutely love the technology and the whole idea of it is very novel, and it would be nice to actually be included into the NFT yearbook, so that even gives me more incentive to try to get it. Now, when I saw that this was launched, this was right before the pre-sale, I was wondering, well, am I even going to get it on the public sale? But we'll see how it goes. Things aren't really selling out like they used to, so I'll take my chances. So once it came to the public sale, it opened up at 0.1195. I don't know why they chose that number, but that's what it is, 0.1195 ETH. That's what it is to mint it. 3,000 of these came available, and at the point of recording this, there's only 1,100 or so that have been minted out of the 3,000, so a little bit more than a third. And guess what? There's some deals to be had because... Sure, I can go and mint this for the min price, but not only am I going to pay the OpenSea fee, but I'm also going to pay the gas fees. So what I chose to do, seeing that, I was like, you know what, this really isn't moving that fast. And of course, I want one. I think it is well worth the 0.1195. However, why pay full price for anything if you can get it at a sale, right? So I decided to make an offer. And if you've been listening to the show that you know, I made about 0.1 trading my Ape from the Bulls and Apes project because I was on the pre-sale for that. And long story short, I just kept trading and ended up still with the one that I originally wanted. But if you want the full story of that, I was doing some quote unquote arbitrage trading, if you will. That was episode number 415 and 417. And that's how I ended up with a little cushion. I was able to make about 0.1 and still ended up with my one ape that I initially planned to get. So I decided to say, you know what, rather than coming out of pocket for this yearbook, why not just get it with that 0.1 that I made trading that? So of course, I initially made an offer of 0.1 before the public mint opened up. Well, it went all the way through, it expired, the public mint opened up and still no one accepted it. So once I saw that it was not moving that fast, I lowered my offer to 0.09 and I just set it for 24 hours and stepped away from it. Totally forgot exactly that I even made the offer. I wasn't really following or anything of that nature. And sure enough, in the middle of the night, once gas fees and everything dropped, it is very low, someone accepted it. So here's the cool thing about making offers that I don't think a lot of people take into consideration. Number one, you get to pay exactly what you want to pay. So let's say you value something at, in my case, 0.09. Of course, I value it actually a bit more than that, but what I was willing to pay for that because I wanted it within that budget that I made when I was trading the ape, 
I made my offer exactly for that. Now, it doesn't matter where gas goes, where the floor goes, or anything of that nature. If someone wants to accept that, I know exactly what it is that I'm going to pay. Open sea fees, all of that, even though they have adjusted the fees, I'll have to go into that at a later date. But regardless of whatever goes on with that, I just know 0.09 is what I want to pay for it. So if someone accepted that, they have to work out all that to understand, well, is this what I'm willing to take as far as giving the gas fees? Because I'm going to have to pay that to accept the offer. Also, the open sea fees is now on the seller. All of that, they have to decide, is that something they're willing to take on? And of course, that's exactly what happened. So I was able to get my yearbook for 0.09. And that person gets to unload whether or not they're exactly happy. I don't know, but I know I'm happy. Now, most likely the reason for this is because this person probably degened into this. So it was just an amazing project and of course saw the value of it regardless of if the market or not or whoever else the public saw it. There is a lot of value in this project. So this person probably bought multiple copies. As a matter of fact, let me pause this right now and actually see how many this person minted. Five minutes later. Okay, so this person minted three and sold two of them. One they sold to me for point. 0.09. The other one they sold for 0.1. So that is 0.19. And they actually minted both of them at full price. So both were actually sold for a loss. So exactly what I was thinking. The person that sold this to me bought three of these trying to do that three strategy most likely. So they were thinking that this is going to sell out. This is an amazing thing. So they will sell the initial one after it sells out, try to recoup some of that cost. And then once it really starts to pump, then they'll sell the second one. And hopefully by doing so, it will cover the cost of the total three that they had. And in the end, they're going to have their one with nothing really coming out of pocket because they use the other two to pay for it, if that makes sense. It is a three by three strategy. A lot of people do that as far as trading within the NFT space, especially during the bull market. That's how people were doing it to cover the cost of their initial investment. However, things have changed a lot. Now, in the case of this, it didn't work out for this person. They ended up getting a small loss, but at least they see the value in the project and that they ended up keeping one for themselves. So I thought that was a wise move. However, it is a win-win for me because not only do I get one, but then I'm going to get it at a discounted price. So now as far as being able to get things on a discount other than this, I think one of the best things to do is follow DGENs. Now, DGENs are trying to find the hot thing, trying to get it to sell out and then sell immediately to make a quick profit. As if this was like two years ago, that was a thing to do. And still, some people are in this space doing that. So if you really want to find some really cool stuff, just go on the Twitter, see who these DGENs are, or just look through various transactions that's happening on OpenSea or on Etherscan. You could be able to see that, but I think the easiest place to find DGENs literally is on Twitter because you can see that, what kind of conversation they have, how they're speaking about projects and so forth. And you can see if this is someone that is just trying to make a quick dollar flipping NFTs. Well, once you follow them, you see the things that they are minting. You can actually even check their wallet because many times they will have their .eth or whatever it is directly on their profile. You can see what's going on. But even like I said, if they don't have this thing up on Twitter and everything, if you just look to see you find a DGEN that's flipping and trading on OpenSea, well, just follow that wallet directly. A great way to do that is to use the Rainbow Wallet. You can follow any amount of wallets that you want to follow. You can put it right there and you can actually see what they have, how they're trading things and so forth. But I think a cool thing to do is see what they are minting because once they get into a project that they think is going to be hype, it will give some signals as to, okay, this might be something of interest. So let me check it out. Once I start to see that, okay, this is something that is interesting, has some fundamentals here. And 
if you listen to the show, you know I'm not a DGen. I don't really flip things that much. Every now and then I'll sell something for a profit, but my main intention of buying things is because I see value in it, regardless of what the resale value is initially, whatever it is. Down the line, yes, I want things to go up in value. I'm buying these things. I don't want to lose money on them. But at the same time, too, as a collector, I see the value of them as an individual. So regardless of what the market says 15 minutes after the mint, I still find value in it. So with these DGENs, they're looking at it completely different. So once they start to unload, it's a great signal to say, okay, great. They're moving on from this. They're going on to the next project. But if I saw the initial value in it, I did my research, of course. I see what the company is up to, the founders, the team, what's the community like, or whatever utility it is. It could be an app. It could be a 3D application. It could be a game. In this case, a physical yearbook. I see the value in that. There is no doubt about that. That is something that I'm interested in and I would love to hold on to. So it doesn't really take much convincing for me to get interest into this and see the value in it. So I get into it, of course because I want it. But as far as getting a good price when the DGENs are moving on, that's when they're going to start to lower the price. Now, it might be tempting to see something there on the market that is well below the mint price and you say, okay, great. It is minting at 0.1195 and someone is willing to sell this for, let's say 0.10 or even the 0.09 that I'm willing to offer for it. Why not just pay for it right then and there and get it? That is the price that I want to pay. Well, here's the thing. As I said, when I first started this whole thing, that when you make the offer that you're actually not going to pay the gas fees, the open sea fees and so forth, the cool thing also is knowing that if someone is willing to list it at below the mint price, that means they're willing to get out of this. They want to move this thing quickly. So I think to exercise a little patience and knowing that, okay, if this person is willing to so quickly lower the price, they're in a rush to do this. So why not just make an offer anyways? Now, this is not a guaranteed strategy because let's just say something amazing happens. They do a space, Gary V hops in it or some uh, really big influencer that gets a lot of attention to this thing and it ends up minting out in an hour. I mean, this thing could go either way and all of a sudden now the price starts to go up. But I think it is still a great time to make an offer because again, we're not in a bull market. We're not in 18 to 24 months ago when things were just going crazy. It's either thing is a great project or not. Whether or not the public and the collectors see that value in it, that's a completely different story. But I'm speaking about you as an individual. If you see the value in this thing and you think it is worth, let's just say, I don't know, any figure that you could possibly think of and you're seeing that you can get it for less, well, who cares what the market says for it if you think that it's worth that, right? And that's what I'm talking about. So you make that offer and you're able to get it at a reasonable price, even below what you think it's worth for because just the way the market is moving, the way the condition of things are right now, people are willing to sell. And the whole thing is people do not want to tie up their liquidity. If you listen to my show, you know a lot of the times in the past I have tied up my liquidity on some things and I wasn't able to then get something that I really wanted. It might have been an NFT that I had my eye on for the longest time and then was finally on the floor, but guess what? I had no funds. So a lot of the times, DGENs, people that are flipping in and out of projects, keeping their liquidity is by far the most important thing because they want to be able to get in and out of things very quickly. So let's say I have all of my ETH or soul or whatever token it is tied up in a bunch of NFTs that are not moving very quickly. This might be a one-year play, a three-year play or whatever, and I see the long-term effect of things, but a DGen just wants a quick flip, maybe making their 10, 15, 20% within a day or two, 
And honestly, that is a far cry from last year when people were trying to get that 10, 15% in a minute. I mean, people were trying to double their money by the day, by the hour. It was absolutely crazy. But yeah, we're different times, different market right now. Some people getting that 10, 15% is great because that could be a full-time job in some countries, right? You know, we're not really just thinking about what's going on in the US, the UK and Canada, developed nations, Australia and so forth. We're looking at the global implications of this thing and getting 10, 15% on something that costs, let's say $1,000 or $300, that's still a lot of money for some people. In a lot of countries, that is either a day's pay or a week's pay or whatever it is. So you can't really knock their small incremental gains because at the end of the day, that is great. If you listen to me, you know that I'm currently located in Jamaica, a day's laborer. You can honestly get for probably anywhere between... 10 and 20 US dollars per day. You can get a guy to give you 10, 11 hours of physical labor for that, right? So understanding that someone who's making 10, $15 on a trade very quickly compared to working outside in the sun, moving bricks or digging a ditch, unskilled labor, and it's pretty much the same thing, sitting behind a computer or behind your cell phone and just making a quick trade, that is a complete game changer for that person, right? They didn't have to break a sweat, so they're willing to wait it out for a couple days to make their 15%. But anyways, with that said, keeping that liquidity is very important, and that's how you're going to be able to get a lot of deals. So following these influencers and what have you, great way to do that. So with that said, looking forward to the great things that's coming out of this yearbook. It's absolutely worth it, in my opinion, even at full price. So I do have my one. I won't be getting a whole bunch of those and trying to flip into it. I'm satisfied with the one because honestly, I want the physical copy. That is why I got it. So if you don't have one, feel free to check it out. It will be in the show notes. But as a side note, I just want to mention that the Nifty Business Week, the newsletter actually did not come out today. It will be coming out tomorrow. So there's still time to get your issue. So in case you did not sign up for the newsletter, you do want to see it, go to niftybusinessweek.com. It's absolutely free. You can get the newsletter. It'll be coming out tomorrow. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.